What's up, people? Another episode of Justice for Jamoke Davis here with you. And on this episode, we're talking all NBA. But not who will make the team. I'm going to go into my predictions for who I think will win the NBA championship as we're starting the second season. Okay, maybe I might do a little bit on who I think is should be rookie of the year. Sixth man of the year, defensive player of the year. I may go into that a little bit. A little bit. But really on just for sport here with Jim okay. We're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. Because it's upon us. Now, I am bummed out. I didn't get all of my picks right. That part bums me out a little bit. We've got Hawks, Cavs, to, as, and then Pelicans, Clippers as fri- on Friday's slate in the NBA. So I know I can't pick all of the games as we still got to figure out who's playing where, but there's, you know, there are a few matchups that I can get into. A few matchups I can get into. Now, I'm going to start forward and work my way backwards by stating the fact that I think, and a lot of this is predicated on health, but I think this is the Suns year. I think the Phoenix Suns will be the NBA champs. They were not always a favorite. And even still, they're at plus 255. The Bucks are right behind them at plus 475. Nets at plus 600. Celtics at, at plus 840. 850, excuse me. And then Warriors are plus 850. Heat are plus 1,000. I actually think there's a good chance you're going to see a repeat of last year's NBA Finals between the Suns and Bucks, And maybe you're not into that. Maybe you're like, uh, if that's the case, I'm good. I don't want to see that. And I get that. I get it if you don't want to see it. I do. But the playoffs start on Saturday which is going to be exciting. And what I wanted to do is go into the matchups. And we will start our out west with the number 3 seeded Warriors against the number 6 Nuggets. And as I go into the series, there's a good portion of what I will be doing that also talks about Rookie of the Year, 
MVP, etc. And that's why I wanted to start here because I know it's not a sexy pick and it probably won't come to fruition. Jokic, will he get MVP two years in a row? Nikola Jokic. And I could see why, because of how important he is to his team. He leads the team in points, rebounds, assists, I believe field goal percentage, and some other things. But it's just amazing to think how well he has assimilated in the league. I think he is the best big man in the game. Giannis isn't leading, filling up the stat sheet the way Jokic is. Neither is Embiid. And even though they, the Denver Nuggets don't have the best record, 48 and 34 is pretty good on the season. That actually is a pretty good record. And I could see Embiid winning. I could see Well, no, no. I I don't see Antetokounmpo getting MVP. But I think I wouldn't have a problem if they said Naj Jokic again. Except for the fact that I think because they have the best record and because of what he did in being able to keep the team afloat, When Chris Paul went down, no one is talking about Devin Booker for MVP. And I don't understand why. I think Chris Paul last year was amazing. And I have been pushing for him to get MVP. But he got hurt in the playoffs. Uh, and made it through the playoffs. This year he got hurt just before the All-Star game, and it's almost like Phoenix never missed a beat. They were that good. And yes, they're a really good team, and their head coach, Monty Williams, who I think, should he get coach of the year? Quite possibly. But you can't think about what he's done in his coaching job without thinking about what Devin Booker did, keeping that team together, keeping them afloat. So I know I went off on a tangent there when I was supposed to be doing a preview of the Warriors Nuggets. So in my mind, the Denver Nuggets are playing very well considering they don't have two of their three best players in Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, to help Nikola Jokic. On the flip side, will Steph Curry return? Is he going to be as good as he was before he missed the last 11 games with that uh, sprained ligament in his foot when 
what I thought was kind of a dirty play. Marcus Smart dove for the ball right on his ankle. I mean, come on, man. I think in the end, if you've got Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green all on the same page, as well as they play together, having won NBA titles three times in five years, they've got some good young players on that team too, even if James Wiseman didn't come back. I think unless Steph Curry is out, which it looks like he's going to be back, I think the Warriors win it in five, maybe six, but I could see five. The other reason why I think that they're going to win it, and the Nuggets shouldn't be mad at how the season turned out because of these major injuries. But Nikola Jokic so showed it a few times during the regular season this year and showed in the playoffs when he lost his cool and got himself ejected in the deciding game last year in the playoffs that eliminated them from the playoffs. Mentally, I don't think he's there. The fact, you when you're an MVP, when you're the best player on the court, you cannot lose your cool. And Jokic has shown too often that he cannot keep his cool. Now, the Warriors have outscored their opponents by 8.4 points per 100% possessions when Nikola Jokic is on the floor. But it's the reverse when he's off the floor. And I think that's where they will be in trouble. 7.9 points per game that they are outscored when he's not on the team. And that's the widest margin for any top player in the league. And the sad thing is against the Warriors, that margin is even larger. It's 16.3. That's a differential across all team, all opponents for the Denver Nuggets. But when it's the Warriors, it's 22.6. They will outscore them more times than not. So I think that the Warriors will edge out the Nuggets. Sorry. Sorry, Nuggets. And I hope they don't blow it up. We'll stay in the West. Mavericks and Jazz, the four seed versus the five seed. Donovan Mitchell versus Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic has kind of lost his cool a couple times too. Complains about fouls way too much. Way too much. But there are two teams that seem to be heading in opposite directions. Dallas has been winning of late going into the playoffs, and the Jazz have been so-so. Eh, but not just losing close games. They've blown leads 
of 25 points to the Clippers, 21 points to the Warriors. They just don't seem like they're the same team. And there's something that's not quite right about Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I notice all this talk about they can't play well together. You know, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever really know. I mean, they talk about how they are all on the same page, Mitchell and Gobert. But the unfortunate thing is this, I think, is their last chance to show that they can do something together. If they get eliminated with by the Dallas Mavericks, which I think is a strong possibility, I think the coach, Quinn Snyder's done, and I think they will trade. Most likely it's going to be Rudy Gobert and not Donovan Mitchell, but I think that trade might happen. I think that's something that we aren't talking a lot about. And maybe there's a reason. Maybe I'm off. But I think the Jazz missed Joe Ingles. I don't think that was a good trade for them. I think that this team in the Jazz, they like to shoot threes, and they simply cannot make them right now. I think they're struggling. On the other side with Dallas, they lost Tim Hardaway Jr. for the year. They traded KP, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and they got Spencer Dinwiddie from the Washington Wizards. This is a tough one. It's a, it's a toss-up for me, and I'm not a big fan of Luka. I really am not, but I'm going to give the edge to the team that's got the home court advantage. I think that Jalen Brunson is also a uh, secret weapon. It may not even really be a secret for Dallas, but I think Dallas will get the will win the series over the Jazz. They're gonna tune them up, or rather tune them out. I think you can see the Dallas Mavericks winning in six. So that's what I've got. I've got Dallas winning in six. Now, I said all that just to talk about Utah and Dallas on a level playing field, right? Because teams can play with all the players injured. I don't know if he's going to play, blah, blah, blah. But, but if it is true that Luka Doncic's calf sprain that he suffered in the last game of the season is bad, and he's not the Luka that he thinks he can be and that we think it can be and the Dallas Mavericks are relying on to be their MVP, then the Jazz may sweep this. Or at least maybe win it in six. It's all about Luka Doncic. Forget the fact that Donovan Mitchell, he was in a bubble. Maybe it's actually last season. Man, I'm mixing them together where he scored 40 and 40 and 50 and 40. Donovan, yeah, okay. Donovan can be Donovan, and I think he will be Donovan, but he hasn't shown during the regular season this year. I feel like he's been flying a little bit under the radar. If Donovan can be 
you know, that kind of score, then yeah, he'll match Luka, but then it'll really come down to the other players on the team and what they can do offensively, what their six-man of the year can do offensively coming off the bench. But realistically, if Luka's not healthy, then the Mavericks have no shot, whether Donovan's on or not. Continuing in the West, continuing in the West, the Suns, who are they going to play? For me, I am thinking that it doesn't matter who they're going to play. They're probably going to win, and I'm going to say they will advance in five games. That's it. Five games. Devin Booker should be the NBA MVP, but he won't be. The series I'm really excited to watch, last matchup in the West, is the Grizzlies-Wolves. I mean, I don't know if you can have a better matchup of a young upstart team in the Grizzlies. But in my mind, you have the, uh, one of the best big men in the NBA in Carl Anthony Towns for the Wolves. I was surprised that the, they won the game over the Clippers. I thought in many ways the Clippers gave the game away. But this is going to be a fun matchup to watch. But similar to when I talked about Devin Booker and what he was able to do when Chris Paul went out, what Memphis was able to do when John Morant wasn't on the floor, 20-4. and four. This team is good, whether Ja is playing or not. But the Timberwolves, they are not as young as Memphis, but I think they're hungry. And it showed in the way that they fought against the Clippers to get into the playoffs. Now, the grit and grind, as they're called, of the Memphis Grizzlies. My key is, what, what are you going to get out of Ja? That's that's what I'm wondering. You know, he sat for a very long time. Is it going to take some time for him to get into basketball shape? That could very well be a problem. When I was watching NBA TNT and they were talking about this matchup, they showed that John Morant has a tough time playing against Minnesota. And that very well may be because of the Pat Beverly effect. He is going to be a pest to the Memphis Grizzlies. John Moran's only averaging 20 points per game. On the flip side, D'Angelo Russell's averaging 31 against Memphis. I think both teams are really hungry. And 
the Memphis Grizzlies are going to have to find a way to, you know, maybe with Jaron Jackson can can get Carl Anthony Towns in foul trouble. And once you get him out of the game, I mean, D'Angelo Russell played well. They've got another guy on that team that you cannot forget about. I mean, I mean, I guess technically you can. Um, but it almost seems sacrilegious. But I feel like we've been talking so much about Carl Anthony Towns that you forget that there's another very talented young player in that team, only 20 years of age, in Anthony Edwards. They've got a pretty solid young team. And I think that they can give the Memphis Grizzlies a run for their money, especially if Jai's not 100% healthy. Bain, Jackson, Brooks, Russell. I mean, I think Bain may get most improved player of the year honors, and I think he probably should, the way he's playing. Maybe Jaron Jackson Jr., Triple J, could get defensive player of the year, although I doubt it. Minnesota's going to have to keep John Morant out of the paint. They're going to have to keep <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns in the game. Memphis has to find a way to block out the craziness that Patrick Beverly is going to bring to the game and try not to let him get them off of their game. But my pick, considering the fact that the home team basically swept the series, the home team won every game in this series, I was surprised Minnesota won that game versus the Clippers. I didn't think they played very well, and I don't think that Memphis, this is the most pressure they've ever faced. This is it. They're the favorite. They're the ones that everybody's looking at. But I think they will win this series in seven games. Seven games. That's my pick. And now we go to the East. In the East... Next matchup we're going to look at is the Miami Heat against whoever they will play in the first round. My guess is the Atlanta Hawks. That's my pick. Can the Hawks beat the Heat? I don't think so. I think without John Collins, that's a struggle. I think that the Heat are really good with a talented center who doesn't get enough credit for how good he is in Bam Adebayo. Yeah, they had a dust-up. 
But you know what? When they were fighting on the sideline, Udonis Haslam was like, come on, throw him up, throw him up to Jimmy Butler. Maybe that was the wake-up call they needed to realize, yo, we got to get ourselves together. Because they certainly played better. You know, they were sliding, losing games. They had the big fight, and then all of a sudden they seemed to turn it around. I'm astonished that they were able to do that. I'm amazed. But I think no matter who the Heat plays, whether it's the Cavaliers or the Hawks, I think the Heat will win that game in six. If it's the Hawks, yeah, it's going to be tough with Trey, but you you can cancel out Trey by beating up the Hawks in general. You've got Tyler Hero, who can also hit some bombs, some big threes. I think he could get sixth man of the year. I think he might just very well get sixth man of the year. But I don't think the Heat will have problems with either team. And lastly, the first round matchup that I'm good with. I would have liked Sixers Nets first. But I also like this because of the fact that our non-vaccinated guy, Kyrie Irving's got one more shot to eliminate the Celtics. This is the second straight year that these two teams will play each other. The Nets won the series last year. Boston has home court advantage, so that's something that can help them. And they've played really well of late. At one point, they were in 10th place. And I was like, man, the Celtics, they may be done. But they went 26-6 and down the stretch, doing it on both ends of the floor, ranking first in offense and defensive efficiency, outscoring their opponents by almost 15 points per 100 possessions. Another one of those ridiculous stats. I'm like, oh, okay. Kyrie Irving, who didn't want to get vaccinated, only played 29 games. Kevin Durant missed 27 games too. Joe Harris was done early in the season. They traded James Harden. How could the Nets even be in the playoffs? And yet here they are because of the big seven-footer and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant to make the dumb comment that's like, oh, it's because of my injury that that's why we are such a low seed. Okay, if you wanted to say it was just your injury, which, well, because you said it was really much just your injury, then you kind of, you know, swept it under the rug. There was also a little bit of Kyrie too. No, you should have just said me and Kyrie both caused this team to be as bad as they are. You should have, and you couldn't. If Ben Simmons comes back, I think that just does change the series, but I don't see him coming back in the playoffs period in my mind. But who am I? I think that the Celtics defense will... They match up very well against the Nets. 
And the Nets are going to have to rely on their role players like Bruce Brown to score points. And I just don't think that their bench is as strong. And, and then also the Celtics have Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is like one level below the annoyance that is Patrick Beverly. So I mentioned Marcus Smart already. Almost destroyed the Warrior season. The Nets cannot defend, and as I was watching the Nets-Cavs game, the only thing that annoyed me more than the fact that the Nets couldn't defend is, well, period, they can't defend, but was the fact that Cleveland could not stop their pick and roll. Boston will be able to stop their pick and roll. Obviously not 100%, but they're going to be a, they're a better defensive team, and it will show. The Celtics are not only an efficient team on offense. They won three of the four meetings. Scoring over 121 points per 100 possessions. The Celtics. They've got Brooklyn's number in my mind. And yeah, okay, this is a new season. But I think overall, the way that they're playing going into the playoffs, I think it's the Celtics. And I'm picking the Celtics to eliminate Brooklyn and in Brooklyn, hopefully then you'll be able to admit that, okay, maybe it was Kevin Durant and me not playing. Because I think not having home court advantage is the biggest reason why I think they will lose in the first round. Milwaukee Bucks against the Chicago Bulls number three seed versus a number six seed. Uh, I think the Bulls, just like they faltered, towards the end of the season. I think the fact that Chicago and Milwaukee are practically neighbors, you could drive from one city to the other in about an hour, maybe an hour and a half. I haven't done it in a long time. I'll say an hour and a half. The Bulls were a great story. It was exciting to see when they were at, in first place for a good amount of time. But I think towards the end, Zach Levine breaking down a little bit. Alex Caruso was out of the lineup for a bit. DeMar DeRozan has, has an Herculean effort to try to keep this team together. But losing Lonzo Ball, Patrick Williams, I mean, can I keep going on? I mean, the injuries have just decimated this team. And they're not good at rebounding. And you're going up against the Bucks, the reigning NBA champs. I think this is a sweep. I think we don't even need to go in the stats. Maybe the Bulls get one game. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. And then there'll be a little bit of bad blood. You know, the Bucks, Grayson Allen, uh, tripping... Alice Caruso breaking his wrist. I mean, that might have been the beginning of the end for the Bulls. But I think the Bulls, they are not going to be running with the Bucks. I think they will get swept. 
And that will be the end of that series. 76ers-Raptors. This may be the most intriguing matchup to me. I go back to when Kawhi Leonard was on the Raptors and they eliminated the 76ers. That's got to still sting for the Sixers. It must. When Embiid and Harden are on, and you've got Maxie, and even though they give him a hard time, I mean... I don't necessarily think that it's fair that we talk about a roster and we talk about how you are, you've got to be able to share the ball. And Tobias Harris, I think, is playing within the Philadelphia 76er scheme. Now, no, he hasn't been perfect. I admit that. And I know y'all probably going to jump down my throat like, what are you talking about? He's the highest paid player on the team. And he's, he's like the fourth string, the fourth option. But is that on him 100%? Or is it also on the makeup of the team? who they decide to put the ball in their hands. I mean, Joel Embiid wants to score a lot. You got James Harden scoring a lot. You got a young guy in Maxie who you've got to keep the team honest. And, you know, he runs around like the Energizer Bunny, getting shots, playing hard on defense. I don't know if Doc Rivers can pull it together. Yeah, he got that NBA championship with the Celtics. But to me, as a head coach, he struggled. He's really struggled. The funny thing is, I could you do you remember that the Toronto Raptors started playing in Tampa? They were the Tampa Bay Raptors for a minute. But remember what I said. I said, watch out for the Raptors. They've been 34 and 17 since December 31st. 7 and 2 against the top four teams in the East. And that's in large part due to Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Fleet. The Raptors won the season series. And I could see them winning this series too. I think the best thing the Raptors can do is probably play small. Scotty Barnes, my rookie of the year. He's my rookie of the year. They may play small, and that may be the best thing they can do because then it'll take Tobias Harris out of game a little bit. Take Joel Embiid out a little bit. It's 
Scotty Barnes can play some defense too, and I know he will D up James Harden. This is a very, very, very tough matchup for the Philadelphia 76ers. And I feel like I keep bringing it up because, man, I'm bummed out at the thought of, man, the Sixers could go out in the first round. Then you add to it the fact that Matisse Thibel is still not fully vaccinated, so he can't even play in Canada. So that's three games that you're potentially your best defender is not going to be able to play. No, it's not easy. But Toronto, win one in Philly, win your three games at home. Matisse Thibel. And it's funny how, you know, even for me, always focusing on Kyrie Irving, get your shot, get your shot, get your shot. Who knew about Matisse Thibel? Who knew about Matisse Thibel? Toronto won three of the four games because I think they are a tough matchup for Philly. And if you don't have your best defensive player, I don't know. And then I think Philly may have to blow it up. I'm going to take a gamble here a little bit. I'm going Raptors in six. Raptors in six is my pick. And there you have it. My first round picks. For the NBA playoffs, I am excited to see this get started on Saturday. I hope you are too. I hope that the NBA playoffs will be as good as the NFL playoffs. I know there were a few duds in there, but you know there was some. There were some really, really good games in NFL playoffs, and I hope the NBA playoffs can live up to that as well. So those are my NBA picks. I'm sticking to it. To the window. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J4Sport, and Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today.